Exactly what investigators believe happened to the 47-story World Trade Center Building 7 on September 11th. I was watching with my roommate approximately several minutes after the first plane had hit. I saw this plane come out of nowhere and just scream right into the side of the Twin Tower, exploding through the other side. And then I witnessed both towers collapse, one first and then the second, mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense. The third total shot hit the president's head. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. I'd go to the moon in a nanosecond. Uh, the problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to, but we uh, destroyed that technology, and uh, it's a painful process to build it back again. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Alright, alright, what's up y'all, welcome to the What Is Truth Podcast, hope everyone is doing rather exquisite, I am joined today by the one, the only, Mr. Corey Hughes, how you doing buddy? It is a treat to always have you on, you are a frequent flyer miles type of guest and uh, excited to have you my man, Uh, what you been up to? Uh oh, can you hear me? Um, playing a lot of video games. Oh, I think I muted you, so now you're good. <laughs> oh, you muted me? Yeah, All right, you're I'm good, good now. now. All right, so things are good. I'm working on the book. Um, it's coming along a couple more months. Uh, it would be great if everyone went out and bought my pre sale. Um, my pre sale is now available at buymeacoffee.com slash JFK book. And when you pre-order my book you get four chapters right now you get my complete notes of 630 something pages you get access to my private jfk research chat and you get the ebook uh when it comes out uh, which realistically will probably be like may I'm, I'm like so close to being done but i'm it keeps getting longer the more i write the fucking thing and so at some point in time i just need to like stop yeah, and I so, heard you on uh, Charlie Robinson, our, our good old buddy, Charlie Robinson's podcast, talking about how you keep writing stuff and you think you're about through and voila, yeah. next thing you know, you, you're you like several more pages in. So I'm not a writer, I gotta, but I, I can fully understand. Yeah, Here's the problem, though. Like, I got to, I have to, there's some background information that I have to write out on some of these characters, right? Um as it stands, I've already abandoned the background information on a couple of these mob guys who were involved. Um, whereas it needs to be explained at some point. Um, but I'm kind of looking at the information I'm leaving out and, and what other aspects of the story I need to tell. And I can really see how the stuff that I'm leaving out on the mob guys 
will tie, I can use definitely to tie in in the next book um, to the past mob assassinations that were in the vein of Kennedy, right? Like the assassination of Anton Cermak and then Huey Long uh, and then uh, John Kennedy, you know? So, um, yeah, I, the stuff I'm leaving out, I'm pretty sure I can tie very easily into the next book because that, that one's going to be more... Um, more showing the pattern of history in as far as these assassinations go because i really don't go too much into that in this book right like hey this is the same goddamn pattern we've seen what at least six seven times in history right lone gunman story doesn't make sense ties to the fbi right like it's the same thing every time so i think that's going to be more the focus of the next book um but yeah so it's it's coming along and i'm stoked and I really can't wait to goddamn be finished because I have at least like seven, eight, ten books that I need to read. And I don't want to like start moving on to any more research until this is done, right? I need to get this done and behind me before I start a whole new batch of research. So, but the stack of books I need to get to is building up. Yeah, yeah. I bet, man. Sounds like a labor of love that you're putting into it, so it's all good. No, man. it's more I'm a slave to it at this point. <laughs> I don't have a choice, really. Um. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can only imagine with, with all the work you're putting in, it's probably a little hard to try to stay in the loop. Um, I did want to do a show on January 6th, and I'm glad you joined me because I just want to give a little, people, a little bit of background into my January 6th. Thing. I'm not an expert by any means. Uh, and to be on perfectly honest with people, I haven't really gone balls deep or paid attention to it. And primarily because as soon as the January 6th shit happened, I, I could not stop laughing when I saw the fucking quote unquote shaman, shaman. I was like, this whole thing is bullshit. And I didn't buy it. So I didn't pay too much attention to it. Um, and then, you know, over the next little while, months, years, whatever, you know, I keep seeing all these fucking left wingers treated like I I've seen a few of them say that it was worse than 9-11 and, and this fucking ideologically captured Looney Tune left just wouldn't let go of it. And I'm like, man, it's I haven't looked into it, but it smells like shit. And then this week we got the. Footage from Tucker Carlson, who I think is, in my opinion, is controlled opposition anyways. But in the video, man, I mean, if you needed any more evidence that the whole thing was a goddamn sham f from the shaman, I mean, you had it all there and these people are still in denial. Uh, what was your take on it? <laughs> so, this is where... Uh, this is where living in the uh, information age really pays off because what was happening on January 6th, and I really wish that I could find my Telegram messages from then. Uh, there's got to be a way for me to scroll back that far to find them. But I knew it was bullshit, like, instantaneously because they... <laughs> First off, the news was already on the insurrection fucking bandwagon that day. They're saying, can you believe this is happening? They're storming the, the fucking Capitol, all this stuff. Yet the images that they were showing were people walking between the fucking um, 
you know, between the ropes, like all nice, neat and orderly. Um, it was, it, here's the thing I have to point out to people, like, and this is extremely important all throughout history. Like, if you want to know what really happened in any given event, go back and watch the news footage that gets released on that day. Because a lot of the times things are happening so quickly, they don't, they, they can't keep up with the script and they don't know things are kind of being improvised as they go, right? 9-11 yeah. is the best example you know, by two in the afternoon, you had someone on uh, some Pentagon talking head on on like MSNBC talking about Osama bin Laden, and he was probably behind this. You know, uh, and then the next day, or the they BBC had the idea of saying that. World Trade Center number seven had fallen, and it's right behind her as she's saying this shit. <laughs> See, I, th honestly, like that particular incident, incidents like very similar to that, I genuinely don't understand because. Did they write her script knowing it was going to blow up in advance? And then I try to reverse engineer the pathway of how that information came out and the cover stories that could stem from that. And it's a really, a, it's a complicated mechanism to get from the point of the people behind this to the news broadcasters who are broadcasting, right? So the level of complexity to get her a story that is fabricated because they had that information in advance. There are so many points of failure in the chain of the information distribution. Um, there's just no, there's no OPSEC there at all. Right. So there's no, uh, you know, it's, it's too easy, a verifiable reverse engineered chain of where this information came from. Right. Um, so I just I just question how that came about. There's no doubt she said what she said, and we know what happened. I just don't understand the mechanism by which that happened, and I'm real big on logistics. Like, yeah, I just I think when, when it's something that big connects. I think when something, an event that at that scale is hard to keep with all your you know t's crossed and i's dotted you know you're gonna miss some things and so i think that's definitely another possibility that shit you know it was a legitimate screw up on, on their part um but i mean going back to this whole january 6th stuff we were made to you know they well, not us, but the mainstream was pushing it so hard these in the word insurrection was pushed out there i mean this is this this is why i'm glad you're here because the whole thing was filled and laden with propaganda and you didn't have to be a trump lover to realize that this was propaganda i mean you and i are the furthest thing from trump lovers but we saw the bullshit for what it was and yeah. when you you know when you kept hearing the word insurrectionist what are you, an insurrectionist? It was being weaponized. This is how propaganda works. And so it was just silly reading. I was reading this shit from these left-wing dumbasses over and over again just to understand how propaganda takes over and consumes people because these people were legitimately upset at these insurrections. And, I, and, I, and the problem is I've seen some of these people who have spoken truth in the past about 9-11, for example. Um, I don't want to put out any names because I might get one on my show. But this is what happens when you get ideologically captured. You know what I'm saying? You, you believe so much in your goddamn side, you can't 
it you can't fathom that your side may be doing the same amount of shit or even worse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny because my my sister, God bless her soul, um, she uh, is over the top in the radical wokeism and uh, having conversations with her and trying to discuss anything rational um, is, is such a difficult task. And it just becomes obvious that she is becoming a product of pure propaganda. Like just these, these constant indoctrination. And here's a, here's a funny thing, right? Like, so MSNBC and CNN are looked at as like the corporate media. And so she's like, I don't get my information from them. They're corporate media. But then she'll get her information from sites that just parrot the same exact information, right? And then she feels like a rebel because she's getting her information from a different site, even though it's the same information. Yeah, and yeah. when you go back and you find, when you go back and you read the old OSS documents on propaganda, they talk about planting um, uh, different rumors in different places that un end up revealing the same information, right? So different rumors that end up leading down a trail that lead to the same thing in different places, right? And so that's exactly, I see it exactly as what these people are, are falling into when they fall into the trap of this left-wing independent media. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it, it's so pathetic. This world is so fucked. Um, if if, 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 if it's not for the giant meteor to come and cleanse the earth, then we are uh, in for a world of self-inflicted hurt. Yeah. Unfortunately. No, I agree. It's um, things are getting nuttier and nuttier. And even this whole January 6th crap, why everything that we see on network television is released for a reason. Nothing gets by without getting approved. And so I am wondering why now they're keeping into this uh, narrative. I mean, I mean, the video is damning. The dude's walking around <laughs> uh, being let in. And, and, and these left-wing pundits, I've heard a few say, oh, no, the cops were shadowing him. What? Shadowing? So here's another thing. Like, what? that guy, when the information came out on that guy, I called from, like, day one that he was, like, a fed. Hell um, yeah. Hell and, yeah. And so then it came out that he was, like, in the in the Navy or the Marines, but then he got kicked out because he, like, refused the anthrax vaccine. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a, I'm like, this is a fucking sheep dip story. Yeah. This is not a real story. This is fake. Okay. Um, but... Then he ends up going to jail for a couple of years, but he's in for four years. Then this new information comes out showing that he was walked around the place and he was actually trying to tell people not to go in when Donald Trump said, don't go in. He's like on the freaking megaphone going, hey, Donald Trump said, go home. So let's all go home. And then the crowd was like, we're not going home. Right. So there's plenty of evidence that like the charges are bunk. Uh, and uh, the January 6th committee, they even admitted that like they didn't even get to see any of the footage. Right. What's his name? Uh, the the black senator came out and said this week yeah. that he didn't have access to any of it. Well, he's getting he's so. getting four years or you know something along those lines. And to me, I even question this. This may sound nuts, but I even question how do we not know that he's not a goddamn crisis actor? Uh, you know, a f 
When, when I we think don't of know a, anything, yeah. We, yeah nothing when I, I think of about, a like, shaman, I'm thinking of the fucking Amazon rainforest, some motherfucker doing voodoo, uh, ayahuasca. I don't think of fucking Joe from Mobile, Alabama, uh, doing this kinds of shit, man. I mean, I mean, it's right. Not, but see, it, they take out. They also take advantage of people who are like mentally not stable, you know, and they yeah. they do weaponize those people. Let me so let me play this clip for here. You. Let me play this clip for you. Uh, shit, not that clip. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it's, it's from the fucking... Okay, here we go. Your actions on January 6th were an attack on this country. Do you understand that? No, they were not, ma'am. My actions were not an attack on this country. That is incorrect. That is inaccurate. Entirely. How would you describe them? My actions, personally... On January 6th. My actions on January 6th, how would I describe them? Well, I sang a song, and that's a part of shamanism. It's about um, creating positive vibrations in a sacred chamber. I also stop people from stealing and vandalizing that sacred space, the Senate. Okay, I actually stopped somebody from stealing muffins out of the out of the brave room i also said a prayer in that sacred chamber because it was my intention to bring divinity and to bring god back into the senate but jake legally you were not allowed to be in what you're calling the sacred chamber and that is and that is the one very serious regret that i have was believing that when we were waved in by police officers that it was acceptable do you still believe you're a patriot I consider myself a lover of my country. I consider myself a believer in the Constitution. I consider myself a believer in truth and our founding principles. I consider myself a believer in God. Your actions. So there you go. There's a sh shaman, quote unquote, guy talking about how. You know, he was led to believe supposedly, and he's talking about how he was led. And this was before the footage was released. You know what I'm saying? So, pretty yeah. much what he said there corroborated his his version of events. Yeah, like um, it's ridiculous. It was a setup. It was an obvious setup from day one, right? It's everybody knows it, and they have to maintain this charade because if they admit that it was if it was a, that it was a false flag. Uh, staged event, uh, then you know, like the, the, the series of dominoes that will fall from that is unspeakable. Yeah. Unspeakable. Well, you know, another interesting one that doesn't get too much media attention is the kidnapping plot of Governor Whitmer, where 14, uh, um, yeah, 14. Or, I'm sorry, 12 of the 14 individuals involved in that alleged plot were fucking feds, man. So this type of shit happens over and over and over again. It's not isolated incidents. It's not one-offs. It happens all the fucking time, man. When people no, are going to snap out of it. This isn't new. Uh, this is not new at all. The feds had people planted in the camps of uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, yeah, Fred agent provocateurs, you, man. You fucking name it. They compromise people in there, and so well, another thing they do is they compromise people who are already in that inner circle, right? They'll cut, they'll they'll pick them up, and they'll be like, "Hey, man, we got the goods on you here, so we're gonna you're gonna tell us everything, uh, everything that they're doing, everything Martin Luther King's doing, where you're going, 
uh, what rooms you're staying in. Like you're going to get us this information, or hey, we're just going to we're going to let it out that you've been, uh, you know, cheating on your wife and all this stuff, and you got two other kids with another woman, and you know all this stuff that you don't want to get out. We're going to you know let slip somehow, and so that's how they do it. The world runs on blackmail, um, and so they can compromise the people closest to you, your mother. You know, uh, there's nobody they can't get to. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I had... like never join a group, like period, <laughs> ever, like ever, 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 ever. And if your group has like a name, you fucking out like stout, like seriously, like you do not want to be part of any of this shit, right? Okay. Yeah. There are no patriot groups that you can get involved with that have a name that isn't on a feds list somewhere or created by the feds, right? Uh, and as we've seen more often than not, and hell, let's go back to. Kennedy, the Fair Play for Cuba committee. That was the proof that Oswald was a communist, right? That was started by the goddamn CIA. Uh, Richard Gibson, Robert Table worked for CBS out of New York. Um, and they allegedly, out of the goodness of their hearts, wanted to bring attention to the Cuban cause to end the embargoes over Cuba and to open up fair trade. And this was because at the time, um, Castro was not a communist. This is like in the 1960. 1960, in even most of 61, uh, Castro was on our side. Now, it was a tumultuous relationship, uh, and uh, it was not overly stable. But the CIA wanted to promote Castro as one of us, as an American, right? So the Fair Play for Cuba Committee starts out as this organization to promote Castro in America because he's one of us, right? But then he throws us a goddamn curveball, and in late uh, 61, he, and I'm, I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to say this uh, in, in like air quotes, like he allegedly aligns with the Soviet Union, okay? And I say that, like, allegedly aligns with the Soviet Union, because that could be another one of these charades. But he allegedly aligns with the Soviet Union and becomes a communist, right? And so uh, this is where... The, the this is where they screwed up uh, in as far as the Fair Play for Cuba committee goes because um, they were an organization promoting Castro because he was supposed to be one of us and it was about freedom and all this stuff. But when Castro became a communist, the Fair Play for Cuba committee decided to continue supporting him as a communist. So they went from this pro-American, pro-freedom organization run and started by two reporters who worked at CBS a la Operation Mockingbird, right? Um, and so then the organization continues to function under Co-Intel Pro uh, to keep tabs on communists, right? So communists would uh, go to them and they could keep tabs on them, right? So um, everything these people fucking do backfires. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. And the stuff that we're seeing like at the Capitol is no different than them creating the Fair Play for Cuba Committee. You yeah. know, it's, it's the same shit. It's COINTELPRO. It hasn't changed. It is the absolute proof that they are the enemies of the American people. Yeah, I, I made a tweet the other day saying the Warren Commission was bullshit. The 9-11 Commission was bullshit. Uh, the COVID-19 Commission was bullshit. And now we can say the January 6th Commission was bullshit. Anytime about you, Nuremberg, Nuremberg was bullshit. Yeah, I, it, and I guess that's my point. Anytime you hear these commissions, these self-investigative bodies, 
You, if you haven't seen the motherfucking pattern by now, you probably never will. And, and that's the thing. Uh, these things pass off as, you know, neutral entities that are going to investigate themselves and punish any wrongdoing that they see. And it's, it, it's almost like, and, and I hate to say this, I don't know how you feel about this, but it's almost like law enforcement when they police themselves. You know what I'm saying? No, it's a joke. It's the same well, shit. The thing. Same right, shit. Right, right. I'll, I'll, let me. I'll, I'll comment on the law enforcement internal investigations because they're they're they are a joke. Like the outcomes are pre- usually predetermined. Uh, I'd say seventy five percent of the time are predetermined, and the reason that they have IAs in the first place is because they want to get rid of somebody, right? Like I've seen the most egregious shit in the world happen, like in front of sergeants and shit. Like yeah. and like they're just like yeah whatever, but someone fucking uh you know. Uh, isn't any good at writing reports uh, and so they end up you know getting him into uh, various IAs and then firing him um, you know uh, to backdoor an excuse to get rid of people right so yeah it's weird in, in law enforcement in particular it's really strange because it's more it's if you're if you're in the good if you're in the in crowd you're golden child you're like protected like yeah, no matter yeah. what happens you know no, uh, I, but if you're not in that crowd you're there's they have a large pool of people to dump blame onto right when something goes wrong yeah, that was that's been my you know just real quick on like cases of police brutality. Simple fix, just hold people accountable. Problem solved. Uh, I had an incident many years ago. I was a young young kid selling real estate, kicking ass in the real estate world. Had a brand new car, but here's a young bald headed Mexican kid driving a brand new car how can that be that must be a goddamn drug dealer i get pulled over for no fucking reason dude comes up puts a fucking gun to my head won't tell me why it pulled me over i'm like sir what's the problem doesn't say shit he holds me up waits till his backup comes with his gun drawn at me he starts looking under my car giving it around and i ask his partner dude he hasn't even told me why i've been pulled over he goes, I don't know. He just said he felt unsafe, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> and then he comes back, right? He comes back and gave me a ticket for going three miles over the speed limit. It, I was going fifth, or I'm sorry, I was going 20 miles an hour or so in a 15 mile an hour zone because I didn't have a construction speed limit. So I didn't realize what the speed limit was, but that's what he pulled me over. But that was his excuse to pull me over. His, he obviously assumed that he was racial profiling, to put lack of a better term. Uh, but quick, what short city story. What was this in? Uh, this was in Utah. This is in Utah. Yeah. What, what, was there was a lot of Mexicans area? In, in my town, in West Valley City. Uh, and But at the end, after he gave me all the shit, I went from fear. You know, when you have a fucking gun to your head, I, I went from fear to kind of be like, what the hell? To then anger, man. So after he gave me my ticket, I had my real estate card in in my little uh, my little console, center console. I grab and I go, dude, you thought I sell drugs? I sold houses, you motherfucker! And I threw my business card and just sped off. So I went to fight the ticket. Um, I went to fight the ticket, and the judge heard me out. And I was like the second or third case on the docket. This was so many years ago, so I'm trying to remember. But 
the judge was basically saying, look, I'm going to hear people's cases. And if I find you guilty, I'm going to double up your fine because you're using taxpayer money, blah, blah, blah. So I gave him my, my spiel and everything. I, I went over everything. I even showed him the tick, the pictures. I took pictures of where there was no such thing as a speed limit showing that I was innocent on the whole thing. The judge just said, shook his head. He goes, unfortunately, this isn't the first time. I mean, he has a history of racial profiling Latinos. This is the fucking judge saying this in the courtroom, man. And the judge ev eventually said, I'm going to dismiss your ticket, uh, but you, I don't want you getting any fines uh, for the next few months or whatever, only because I didn't like your attitude towards a cop. Because I lost my shit. I even told the judge that I lost my shit on the cop. I'm like, how the fuck would you ask if you're getting fucking racial profile? This is what these motherfuckers don't understand because they've never been in that situation. But long story short, man, when, when I called the cops uh, supervisor and, and people above it to make a complaint, I just kept getting run around after fucking run around and then i talked to the captain goes oh well I'm, I'm going on a golfing trip this weekend with him i'll have a little talk with him then you know what i'm saying this is the kind of shit the lack of accountability is why all these fucking bad cops are, are in uniform and, and they're never held accountable unless like you said maybe they do have something on them they want to get rid of them so now we're going to find the minutest um little thing to get rid of them <clears throat> yeah, uh, uh, the, the <laughs> Sorry, police man. world is fucked up, man. <laughs> like, so let me talk about like profiling. Like, so I worked in this fucking city that honestly annexed around the black neighborhoods, and there really wasn't much of a Hispanic population um, where I was in Florida. Um, but yeah, there wasn't. We didn't have a lot of black people in our jurisdiction because, like, when you looked at the city map and you looked at the high concentrations, there were two of them. Um, the city limits literally went d around. The, the outer edges of both of them. And so they got dumped on the sheriff's office. And so the it was like 97% white people where I lived. But honestly, like 40% of that was like dirt, poor, white trash, um, fucked up on pills all the time. Um, I mean, it was the worst of worst of, of people, period. And so where we were, it, it wasn't a whole lot of racial profiling because we targeted white people who were the trailer park scumbags. So you, you know were I mean? racial so, profiling. What the hell, bro? Well, it wasn't racial. It's more, it's, <laughs> it is, there's a racial aspect to all of it, but yeah. it's more like perceived class, you know, like you become, you're trained to profile people like, and yeah. like straight up, like we talked about this in training, like, um, well, here's a good example. So, um, the last like six to nine months before I left police work, I was working on St. Pete beach. And St. Pete Beach um, is, again, like 90-something percent white. And um, there was one little, literally, there was one little section that had one small little street that was the little um, the little ghetto area. And it was a white trash ghetto, right? And so, overall, we knew everybody there was white. So, if you're patrolling and you're going through a neighborhood and you have a teenage black male with a backpack on, you know, at two, three in the morning, like you are trained to profile that person because they don't belong. And uh, while it might seem wrong on the surface, statistically speaking, odds are that person shouldn't be there. Right. And so this is the attitude and mentality that is taken when it comes to profiling. Um, you look for patterns in people that are out of place 
for the situation or scenario. You know what I mean? Um, no, I, I completely get it to to a degree. But then, I mean, you have it, – it's similar to waterboarding. When you waterboard someone, you may get the truth. But other times you may get what you want to hear. I've also seen right, videos. Right, right, right. You're, you're I've, running I've, a I've also game. seen videos of fucking. I saw these this video of these two sweet looking white ladies fucking stealing some dude's fucking tent at the beach and they got caught red handed. So if you want to talk about profiling? You would have never suspected these bitches. You know what I'm saying? So right, it, but, it can but, go hey, both let's, ways. Let's. let's but let's let's analyze that question. And I'm, yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, I don't, sure. I'm not picking the side on any of this. All right. So <laughs> um, why is it that on its surface that wouldn't stand out as two white chicks who are actually stealing somebody's shit? Is it because people are overtly racist and they just overlook white crime because they're all engaging in white privilege? Um, or would it be the statistical anomaly in that? person's um you know range of perception right so yeah no i I, I get what you're saying i get not mutually exclusive right yeah no 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 i'm 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 with you man uh i'm just saying like it's just like everything else man you just you can all can't always be certain but then again you are talking about statistically uh what Mm -hmm. is more probable so i completely understand that aspect as as well i'm gonna say this um Everybody's a goddamn racist, and I genuinely believe that we are chemically pre-programmed um, to uh, observe and make decisions based on our observations of people and their differences from us. I think that applies to everybody, and I'm saying that not from my from my own like I'm saying this because of a, a personal belief. I'm saying this as like a neutral observer. This is what I see patterns in. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a uncomfortable truth, especially if you're yeah. a hardcore wokester. I was, and he may be listening to this, so um, shout out to you if you're listening. Uh, but I was scheduled to have this conversation on like the race debate. It was after the Mein Kampf book review that I did, and uh, at the very end, I said, you know, if someone disagrees with me on my views on race, let's fucking debate on. And some dude reached out to me. He's actually a fan of yours, Corey. He's like, oh, man, I love Hughes. Uh, but he was saying that he wants to debate, but um, it, it's so stupid. When you look yeah. at just race in, in general, I'm like, you really gonna ha- you're really going to fucking paint everyone as a fucking monolith over here's the thing. I think, one I think or two experiences America, you may have had? It's fucking retarded. True. Um, but in America, we're kind of a different case than everywhere else in the world, genuinely. Like, we're the only place in the world that is the melting pot. Like, nowhere else had that ever been the case ever anywhere, right? So, um, here in America, and I think it's more about, I think it's really people, uh, I think people per- perceive race because it's visibly obvious. But really, I believe it's more about culture and adhering to culture because, um, None of us really give a fuck what race anybody is. As long as we're all speaking the same language, as long as we are all on the same page, we all have the same cultural background, which we all do. We're all Americans. Um, you know, we all have a similar uh, point of origin here, right? And our race is irrelevant, really. And so it's I, about I think it just, it's, to it's American a point that, culture. That, that gets espoused by the extremists on both sides, on the hard right. Yeah extremists and on the hard left and and the funny thing about the hard left extremists is that they espouse not to be racist and they're for (laughs) 
equal justice in the world. And they're shitting on white people. They're they're shitting on white people all the time. And they're being counter racist and they don't even fucking see it because they think they're doing <laughs> social justice goodness. Now the the extremists on the right wing will straight up say, "Yeah, hey, fuck you, you goddamn nigger," or "You goddamn beaner." They'll straight up tell it to your face. That that's what Malcolm X would say in the '60s. He goes, "You know, uh, you have the liberal and you have the conservative, the the white conservative and the, and the white liberal." I'm I'm. He seemed to appreciate the white conservative better because at least he was racist to your face and not behind your back. Right, right. Um, but see, I, you know, so I've noticed recently um, a, a split, particularly uh, amongst blacks. And I don't use the term black community because none of us can be lumped into a community yeah, with monoliths. other people just because they're bullshit. Yeah. So, um, but I'm seeing a very large divide amongst. Because we're seeing a lot of these videos um, with white people getting their ass kicked by by black people on popping up on Twitter and other yeah, platforms, yeah. and so I'm starting to see this divide amongst blacks who are against that shit and basically seemingly siding on the side of white people against this aberrant behavior. Uh, yeah. um, and I use racial terms, but really, it's just about conforming to american culture, culture and american man. standards i'm glad you said that because that's my biggest thing this is what people need to understand it has nothing to do with your color or your skin or your race the biggest determining factor is the fucking culture man growing up as a young mexican-american kid luckily i had both of my parents but when i was growing up my parents both of my parents didn't my mom had a third grade education level my dad uh, uh, got his GED later in life, and they were both former illegal immigrants. They both got their um, immigration or citizenship through President Ronald Reagan, uh, the man that many conservatives hold as rock stars. That's the dude that made my illegal immigrant parents uh, Americans. But the culture, looking back at my own childhood, was when I was 15, when I was of work age, I love my parents to death, but it's the culture. It's going back to the motherfucking culture. My dad said, you need to help us out paying the insurance. You need to help us out with the rent. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. the culture wasn't, it's not that my parents were bad people. It's just the culture. Let's help each other out, man. We're family. You know what I'm saying? And when you look per se, an Asian culture, the, the Asian parents are strict, man. You get your homework did. You, you. You, your number one focus is education, and mm -hmm. this is why Asian kids thrive more, even the, more so than white folks. It has nothing to do with skin color or race. It's the mm -hmm. culture that is instilled at a young age, and, and this is what I tell these stupid fucks that, that focus on race. You put a brown kid or a black kid in a somewhat affluent home, give them every uh, educational opportunity, whatever the kid wants to do, and, and give them a, a great environment. And then you put a white kid with a single parent household with crack and heroin all around and all this shit. Who are you going to put mm -hmm. your money on is going to grow up to be the better kid? It has nothing to do with this racial bullshit. It's like you just said. It has everything to do with the culture. Right. Uh, and I think a big part of it is that when people observe other people, uh, regardless of of race, 
like not adhering to the larger scale culture. And it's funny because I sit here and I talk about adhering to culture, right? And conforming to culture. And like, I grew up like hardcore punk rock, like, oh, fuck, fuck uh, society and fuck the establishment and all this stuff. And, and like, but that was all done on a foundation of the culture in which we live, right? So um, it, 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 would, it was a blatant uh, contradiction at the time. Um, but the reality it is, the reality is that it is our culture that has allowed us to, to, to be stupid when we were kids, right? So it's this culture that we have that has allowed us to, all of us, to grow through these various phases in life. And so it's that ultimate culture that really needs to be protected and adhered to. Um, and so I don't think it really is asking too much for people to speak the language, um, you know, uh, adhere to the laws in this country. Like, look, let's go, let's use the UK as an example. How many of these fucking Muslims are going there and now like we're getting stories about girls getting raped in schools and stuff and held down by Muslims who are there illegally. Right. Uh, I mean, crazy stuff. Crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, they have no that, intention on adhering to the culture, yeah. and that 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 whole thing is a separate conversation. But that's that's all been weaponized and intentional. So, and, and you know what's an interesting thought that come when you look at that that doesn't get very much coverage, and that's a real thing that's happening. But when it comes to nine eleven and the hijackers, that gets pumped as fact you know what i'm saying <laughs> mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the shit that isn't real gets pumped up but the shit that is really happening gets you know brushed under the rug man it's it's fucking weird yeah it drives you crazy it makes me want to like go and just like play video games or something and not think about <laughs> it <laughs> oh really. man yeah it's it's wild shit i i won't take uh too much more of your time man i just wanted to finish <laughs> some closing thoughts on January sixth. Uh, I did want. I know we veered off a little bit, but hey, it was it was. It's been good times. Um, what what do you make of the whole thing? And again, like I prefaced at the very beginning, I I didn't pay too much attention to it because it smelled and reeked of shit. And, and before, uh, I, I do want to say this. So last week I had a conversation with Robert Biddle. He may be listening to this, so shout out to him. But. He normally doesn't do conspiracy things, and I took him down the conspiracy rabbit hole. It was, a, it was an excellent show. But one thing that got my mind churning was when he said, it, it seems like he's open to conspiracies, which is awesome of him. I didn't expect to get that kind of answer to him. But he asked me, he goes, why do you care so much? You know, We really can't do nothing. And over the course of the week, I started thinking about that question. And this is my answer to that question is, why do I care? I care because when a January 6th incident happens, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the propaganda. When COVID-19 comes around and tells you you need to get this fucking booster and all this other nonsense, I'm not fucking buying it. This is why it's important to understand how these things work, how propaganda works, and so on and so forth. That's my answer to that question, man. Yeah, it's a, it's emotionally straining. Oh, I'll tell you that much. Like um, being bombarded by it every day and not really being aware of it uh, is one thing. But like when uh, you, you have to keep up with it and, and and understand everything that's going on, it can be emotionally uh, you know draining. So yeah, it's, it's it, we're in a area of information overload. We had the Nord Stream yeah. pipeline, hundred percent. 
fucking balloons and UFO invasions. I mean, it just seems like every few days we're getting hit with big time shit, man. I mean, think yeah, about because it. because the, the water is now sufficiently muddied to where nobody has any idea what's going on. Yeah, you got Ukraine, Russia going on for well over a year. Uh, it's just constant and constant. I mean, think about that. If anyone would have been talking about UFOs just five, six years ago. Oh, my God. This is like the biggest thing in the news cycle forever. And now it just gets... It makes a blip. It's not that I'm going along with that shit. I'm just saying, think about the shit that they're throwing out there. And it just gets trumped over by whatever's next on the news cycle. It's fucking bananas. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. My man, Corey Hughes, where can people find you? Always a treat to have you, my man. CoreyHughes.org. That's where to go. And you also have a exquisite podcast that you will be firing up it sounds like from the last yeah i've been doing it yeah understanding propaganda understanding propaganda you also have day zero uh which from time to time i will crash it in and uh, yes make midget jokes uh my man thank you so much no problem all right my brother take it easy i'll see ya yep all right y'all that was CoreyHughes.org <laughs> Hit him up Great show Hope you guys enjoyed it Much love And uh, Ooh We gotta do our Little Freaking Outro You know what I'm saying uh, Much love Thanks everyone For making that out Thank you.